Right, welcome to episode seven of uh, The Final Whistle. Uh, tonight we have myself, uh, we have Billy, Billy Golding with his wallpaper again. Uh, Milesy's back sporting a, what English shirt is that, mate? Uh, what is the away kit from the 98 World Cup? Oh, cool. And we have Joshy Boy. Josh is back um, with um, a suede sofa. What is that, mate? Behind you, uh, that's my um, what do you call it? Headrest of the bed, crushed velvet. Crushed velvet, like yeah. It. You want to see my house, Kells, mate? The missus does all of the designing. Yeah. I don't, I, I, know just do the, I, just, I just do the tech stuff. That's it. I know who's taking the reins on that one, Jesus. Um, Billy, crushed maybe velvet sw- sofa, got pink curtains I mean, as well. Again, your, your wallpaper is, is rabbits, deers, stags, more rabbits. Yeah. Everything, mate. Milesy's just like me, mate. Plain. I don't know what that is for viewers or listeners. Not viewers, but listeners. What is that? Can you you want to guess what that is? Flowers. It's a clock, isn't it? Is that a clock? Has that got got numbers on it? No, it hasn't. No, 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 no. Just just, uh, metal flowers. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> waffle out of the way. <laughs> um, tonight is uh, Managers Part 2, uh, a carry-on from, I think, episode uh, episode number four or five, I believe. Five, I think I'm it was. Not too sure. Five, yeah. Um, so it carried on a little bit. Uh, but we've purposely left out a few that was going to probably take up a, a lot more time. So um, short pod for segments, but um, some really good talking points. Um, we're going to start off with uh, Jurgen Klopp v Pep Guardiola. Um, a discussion about it's not head to head at all. Uh, it's about two managers at two of the best English clubs, in my opinion, in the league at this moment in time, and how they fare. I get. Should we? I guess we can talk about their head to head when they've played. I don't know whether you lads have got uh, records on. On both, but um, they've obviously both been in. Oh no, they weren't both in Germany at the same time, were they? Uh, I think towards the back end of Klopp's time there, they were. Um, okay. I've got the years in front of me, but I think they definitely were at, at, for at least a season. Okay, cool. So, Josh um, Jurgen is uh, obviously manager at, at your boys, uh, Liverpool. Yep. Um, he's done very well for you. Um, uh, soon to land a Premier League title along with his Champions Leagues that he's um, he's well, the one Champions League that he's won. Um, talk talk a bit about Jurgen. I mean, he's he's changed Liverpool to to a point, hasn't he? Um, he has brought all all his energy with him. Um, I think he was always going to be the closest challenge to Pep in the Premier League. So um, talk talk to me, mate. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be too biased. Obviously, I'm a massive Klopp fan, manager of my club. Probably the definitely the best manager we've had in my lifetime so far. Um, I say so far because obviously, you know, we could win the league this season and then we could get relegated next season. Is he still going to be the best manager of Liverpool in my lifetime? I don't know. That's up for debate. But um, so far, he's 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 well on course to being the best manager in my lifetime. He's obviously won the brought number six home on. June the first last year, which is obviously a fantastic achievement considering his short time at the club. You can put 
Um, and obviously yeah. I've done a, I'm, I'm a big advocate of his and it's not to say that I'm a, I'm not an advocate of Pep Guardiola because the football that he plays is, is, is mesmerising and fantastic to watch. And he's had a fantastic career himself in terms of trophies won, teams managed, players managed and stuff like that. But I just think that on the, on the subject of the comparison, when people are asked who are the best, two, who are the best managers in the world, these two are probably the first two that spring to mind. And, you know, in their last two clubs have complete, complete, com- competed in the same league. So um, it's, a, it's a great topic to have. And obviously I've done a lot of research into the comparisons in, in their managerial careers. Obviously both have different approaches to the game on a tactical level. But um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of Klopp and, you know, I rate the football that, that Pep plays. But obviously there's, I do have some discrepancies with, with Pep Guardiola as a manager and and mm. without me, I, I think saying he's overrated is, is too bold. I think that he gets more credit than he's worth. It's probably the okay. best way to say it. Um, I believe Klopp came into Liverpool with a lot more work to do than probably Pep did, if I'm honest. Pep just put yeah. a uh, firmer stamp on his now City side. Mm-hmm. Um I I think Klopp's been around for ages at Liverpool. It feels like he's been he's been around for quite a while now. Um, he's certainly had a lot of work to do. Yeah, um, and did. it hasn't it hasn't it hasn't all come straight away. I mean, that's you look at Pep when he came in. Um, he uh, utilised the money that was at his disposal, and the results came pretty much straight away. But um, We've spoke about obviously managers identifying players. I think Pep did that, and with the money, it could have all gone wrong at the same time. I just think it could also. It, it didn't have to come straight away at City. I think a lot of it was down to his coaching and what he brought and improving not just teams but individuals. Yeah. Um, I just think it's taken Klopp quite a while to cement himself down at Liverpool. Yeah, and honest. I think. I think the reason for that is if you look at Klopp when he started, I think we were 10th in the league. We'd just draw, drawn the Merseyside derby when Rodgers was sacked. season before was fantastic for us. We obviously had the Suarez, Sterling and Sturridge up front. Suarez lit up the Premier League. We finished second. Um, obviously, the last three games dropped a five-point lead and obviously had the Gerrard slip that taints that season. But in terms of the season itself as a whole... Fantastic for a Liverpool fan. Probably one of the most exciting I've ever had. Um, and when Klopp come in, we'll think, yeah, as I said, we were tenth in the league. I've actually got a list of the squad that he had in front of me when he first come, and you just look at that squad compared to what Pep walked into at City. You can understand why it's taken Klopp so long, and to do the job that he's done in the what four full, three full seasons, four years he's been here to get us from where we were to. 25 points ahead of Man City in the Premier League and, and current champions of Europe is 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 phenomenal work, and mm. yeah, and as you mentioned, it has taken him longer than it's taken Pep at Man City. But I think if you give Klopp the Man City role at the time Pep took it, Man City would have already won the Champions League by now. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Guardiola, Milesy. Uh, you are uh, a big, you are a fan of Guardiola, as we've mentioned on previous pods. Um, take take the reins on Pep. I mean, we've touched on Klopp, but I think as we're going, we can sort of naturally just talk about both of them at the same time. I think we, again, it's 
it's head it's kind of a head to head discussion, but it's not. They're totally different coaches with uh, uh, a whole range of trophies and success, and you know, at, you know, at clubs they've been at. So, um, come talk talk to me about Pep. Well, oh, funnily enough, I think you know. I mean, they both kind of you know they, you know, Klopp's been, you know, he's been around for 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 a long time. You know, he, he started his managerial career in two thousand and one, so he's been around exactly. For so he was managing, you know, minds like you said, two thousand and one. He he retired as a player, and then you know, pretty much took the reins um, as, as as manager very very quickly. Um, you know, that I mean, Mains were whereabouts? I think they were in the second division of was it German football, some of that second or third mm-hmm. Bundesliga yep. two, I think they were in. Um, and they kind of sort of languished around in there um, a little bit. Obviously, he had a great start. He won, you know, sort of six out of seven um, initially, um, avoided relegation, which is obviously the, the reason that he got brought in in the first place. And then I think Klopp's gone on to, obviously, you know, he's earned his stripes and and he's gone on to, um, you know, gone on to, to bigger clubs, right? Um, I think the the great thing about Guardiola is how young he was when he took that huge job you know when you take you take over at barcelona you know that's one of the biggest clubs in the world it will always be one of the biggest clubs in the world the history there is absolutely unbelievable you know um and he really cut his stripes with the the barcelona b team um you know which was just before uh, he took over you know so sort of 2007 2008 um, you know, Barcelona B at the time had just been relegated to the Spanish fourth division, um, and there was you know quite a lot of outrage with the players there, certainly saying that you know that they shouldn't be in in the Spanish fourth division. Um, I think the most senior player in in that squad was was 25 years old. You know, this was made up of a lot of the academy kids from La Masia, obviously you know a, a world renowned and an absolutely world class youth academy. Mm. But um, you know the the quotes from players at the time um, is that the attention to detail that he brought in um, was just on a completely different planet. Um, you know he had a huge, you know, relentless focus on improving the players that he had, and this was seen in training. Um, you know he was even going out and, and scouting. You know, he was going to sort of Spanish fourth division teams. He was going to these tiny little stadiums and and scouting them as if it was, you know, sort of a a full La Liga game. And, um, you know, they really, really kicked on very, very quickly. Um, And I think, I mean, it's a hell of a job to get the senior people at Barcelona to, to get you on side as the manager of Barcelona B in your first year. You know, that's that takes a huge amount of commitment and a huge amount of guts and trust to put into someone that young. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, you've got some massive names there, haven't you? So, and with him being so young, um, I just think as a manager, you have you have to engage a squad with a philosophy and a way of playing, and um, give them give them a um, a target to set themselves of you know, the pressure of being able to play under a philosophy that Guardiola has. And, um, I mean, for example, I remember when he brought in, you know, you look at John Stones, for example. I mean, he was the the poster boy 
for a ball playing centre half at the time. Who's that for? I mean, that's that's because of Pep. Um, everything's on the floor. Um, I think he just screams philosophy. Whereas Klopp, I think he he plays. I think the quote was heavy metal football, which mm-hmm. is uh, the old gag and press. Um, I, I mean, he. I think he would have loved to have implemented it a lot earlier, but he just didn't have the right players. I mean, if you look at Liverpool's midfield now, you've got a lot of energy in there, got a lot of energy out wide. You've got Firmino, who works in a certain way. Uh, you've got your bombing on fullback. So, again, the rebuild at Liverpool, which Klopp's done, is probably a lot better than what Pep's got because that Liverpool team look, um, well, they look like a bunch of well-beaters now. Um, whereas Pep, I think, um, I'm not going to say run out of ideas, but I think there's only so many players you can buy and almost at the same time start again, you know. Um, You've I got think to look at the Man's, injuries that, that City have had this year. Like, you know, they lost Laporte very early, Sané very early. You know, both of those players are, are seriously, seriously dynamic. On You know, I mean, Laporta came in and, you know, completely revitalised that defence, having seen company go, you know, and Sané is just unplayable. Like, he's so yeah. quick. I know Josh is, you know, Josh is a huge fan of Sané and I think you were quite relieved to see him get injured, if that's even a thing, at the, at the start of the season, on the basis um, that he can tear people apart. <laughs> he's I wasn't, off, though, I was, he's off. Yeah, this he is what I was going to say. So before, I, before Marzi, so yeah, obviously I was relieved to see. Obviously, I was at the game where he got injured, so I was relieved to see him come off injured. Obviously, don't want. I, I would never wish bad injury on a player, but for that one game, I yeah. was chuffed that he weren't playing. So every time he got the ball, it was squeaky bums on. Um, but I, I don't think. Of course, you know he's a fantastic player, and everything you said there's correct. But I think Kells has just said it there. He's not a loss to Man City. He was halfway out the door to Bayern Munich before he got his injury, so I don't see him as a loss. He weren't going to be there for the first game of the season, regardless. If he hadn't got injured, he was going to leave in the in the coming days, in my opinion. And the fact that that rumor is still got life in it itself. I read it. I read it only three or four days ago that Bayern Munich are knocking on the door again. And you know, when he goes there, he'll be Germany's best player in the next two to three years by a country mile. Um, Laporte. Huge miss, well, absolutely. But again, I don't, I don't. With the amount of money, I don't. Laporte is a great player, and he's he's going to be a big loss to Man City, regardless of the situation. But it shouldn't affect them to the point where they're twenty five points behind, considering he has got a net spend of plus five hundred million. Like if Van Dijk, if Van Dijk got injured for Liverpool, the same effects would happen, right? But Klopp's got a ninety two million pound net spend. So, like, if you're spending five hundred million pound more than you've got coming, like, if you've like, he's just been given five hundred million pounds by players. An injury to one player should not derail a season. And I just think that's well, it. I, I just I've, think for, for for Pep Guardiola, that's just an unacceptable excuse. Given given I've, I've, judging him on his own, like judging him based on his own situation, not comparing him to Klopp, not comparing him to anyone else, but looking at him, he spent five hundred million pound. And every Man City player says the reason their season's derailed is because obviously they lost company and Laporte's been injured. And I'm like, well, you've spent 500... He's, ha- he's had 500 million pound expenditure since he's been in charge. Mm. Yes, company's a great player, massive loss. But you had the chance to replace him in the summer and you didn't. Yes, Laporte's a great player, great loss. But you've spent 500 million pound. Like, you should have... They knew company was leaving well before the season ended. Laporte getting injured, as I said, one player does not derail a season for Man City when they've spent £500 million. For Liverpool, we can say that oh, our season derailed when Van Dijk got injured because our backup's coming in. 
are Matip, who didn't cost a penny, or Lovren, who cost 20 million, who is diabolical. So, you know, mm. as much as I would, as much as I can respect how good Laporte is as a player, I don't see that like, him being injured is an unacceptable excuse for, for Man City and Pep Guardiola, just based on the sheer amount of investment that he's made into his club. He spent £150 million, I think. I'm just pulling that figure out of the air, but it's about £130 to £150 million on fullbacks. Like, losing one player is not good enough. But he's identified that as a, a problem area, like much like Klopp identified that, you know, you had a gaping hole at centre back, mm. you know, and he needed to fill that hole with with Van Dyke, who at the time, mm-hmm. you know, was you know the the most expensive defender in, in, on in the world. Obviously, he's been taken over by good old Slavhead since then. But you know, I, I I think they're very similar in the fact that they both had to identify gaps that were prohibiting them from success. You know. Guardiola obviously finished his first season with, with no trophies, which is the only time he's finished the season without a trophy. Um, yeah. And then he went, saw the areas that he needed to identify, brought in a new goalkeeper in Edison, who is absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Uh, the yeah. wing-backs, obviously, Ben Mendy's been injured a lot. Carl Walker, at the time, was probably the best right-back in the league playing for us. I think yep. you know, you had, he was absolutely unplayable in mm-hmm. his day. And then, you know, he got rid of the senior guys that were there, Kolarov, Klishi, Bakary Sanya, Pab- you know, Pablo Zabaleta, who was, you know, Pablo Zabaleta's been there forever, it feels like, or had been there forever. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree, but here's where the difference lies, right? Man City got Laporte because Van Dyke turned them down. We got Van Dyke because we sold Coutinho. Like, Man City didn't, Man City would just, like, had a list of players who they wanted. And we're like the man, the owner, Sheik Mansour, his name was just like, oh, Klopp is money, go buy a centre back. You need it, there's I the think, money, go uh, buy it. Whereas Liverpool, we had to sell our best player to fund the move for two hot, two gaps that we had acknowledged was a goalkeeper and centre back. So I, 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 I fully respect the the impact that Laporte getting injured is going to have, but I'm, I'm I, I just can't sit here and have one player's injury be a re, be a reason a squad of that talent. That that much depth and that much talent and that much money spent into it, it's just, it's just not acceptable. It's good. It's just not. Mm. I think a lot can go wrong with money. Uh, a lot could have gone wrong with, um, it, it, you know, it can go wrong at any point. You know, no, no amount of money deems you a, a great manner, a great manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. It deems it deems you a good manager when you, when them signings start to work. And I think what, yeah. what Pep Guardiola did when he delivered that first title. Um, they were all fresh and new to that side and they mm-hmm. had one 38 game season plus European games to adapt to a philosophy which is I mean when Lionel Messi and you know your Iniesta's your Javi's and everything they're doing it over the water at Spain I mean you know the development of Kevin De Bruyne for example Bernardo Silva everything Bernardo Silva is Bernardo Silva because of Pep Guardiola. I mean, he he ran the most across the whole of the Premier League one season. And that is all down to Pep's philosophy. Each individual player has a a role to play across, you know, across all teams. But that City side, again, what Miles, he said, the attention to detail, what Pep brings, I just feel like if I'm going to be working under a manager, I'm having Pep all day. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get a million hugs off Klopp, and the Champions League, for example, that is very good. But with Pep, each and every day, he's going to make you a better player and then, you know, going to greater your career under a manager like Pep. 
yeah, don't get me wrong. His philosophy is is fantastic. His style of football is fantastic, and you know we've all watched the Man City documentary. He's a great manager, but here's here's the key difference for me, right? Klopp could go to any side, and his style of football works. It'll be a success, and he will make that team better. Pep Guardiola does not go to any side. Pep Guardiola's philosophy doesn't work at any side. Pep Guardiola's philosophy works with superstars, which are bought with war chests. And the only time that that hasn't really happened, and he still spent a lot of money, but the only time it didn't really happen was at Bayern Munich. He didn't actually spend that much money at Bayern Munich, but he inherited a treble winning side. And mm-hmm. to, take it, to take it away from Liverpool versus Man City, right? I haven't taken into consideration Pep Guardiola for Barcelona B, and I haven't taken into consideration Klopp at Mainz because it's, they're two completely different variations to the other teams they've managed. So looking at Klopp at Liverpool and Dortmund, he, he, he has exceeded expectation at both of those clubs, right? In how long has he been with us now? Four years. In four years, four years ago, Liverpool fans were never dreaming of winning the league, were never dreaming of, of winning another Champions League anytime soon. Because just look at the squad he had, how we perform in, just weren't doing well enough. At Dortmund, his, his expectation was to, to, to knock Bayern Munich off the top spot. And he did that. He got them to a Champions League final. All right, lost to Bayern Munich, but... I don't think, again, an expectation was brought in when he was at Dortmund to, to win a Champions League. It was to knock Bayern Munich off their top spot. And then you've got Pep at, at Barcelona, achieved all expectations that were set to him. It's the only club, in my opinion, he's really achieved his expectations. Now, before you think I'm jumping to conclusions, hear me out. At City, I don't care what City fans say or what Pep Guardiola says, he was brought in to bring the Champions League to Man City. He sits there and he says he weren't. Bollocks. You don't come in you don't bring in a manager of Pep Guardiola's reputation and 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 capacity to 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 be a success, and say that he he's not been brought in to win the one trophy that we have never won before. That's bollocks. He was brought into win Champions League, hasn't done it yet. He's still there. He can still achieve those expectations. But right now, in this moment in time, Pep Guardiola has not achieved expectations that were set at him when he was in Man City. He's done very well but he's just shy of what the expectations were. And the same things at Bayern Munich, right? These guys are similar to Juventus and similar to PSG. They win the league most seasons. He went there. He won the league. I think every season he was there. Um, I, I think he's won the league three times when he was there. He won the German Cup. Again, did, never won the Champions He's never won the Champions League outside of Barcelona. Mm. So for me, really, every other uh, club he's been to, he's not, he's not achieved expectations. And I'll let you bring Bill involved because he's been there very... He's been silent since the start. Yeah, it's been soaking a lot of this in. Um, Bill, um, don't really need to start you off from anywhere, mate. Just um, give, us, give us your take. Yeah, I like to stay so quiet for the first few minutes of the pods, just so I can kind of gather what everyone's saying. Um, mm. I, I know last week we didn't talk about how lucky we are to have uh, the generations of football that we're getting right now. Like We are seeing two absolute belters in terms of managers and coaches in the Premier League. There's taking the Premier League to places it's never been before in terms of the quality of football, regardless of whether it's the best league in the world. We do certainly there have two of the great coaches and managers. Um, My only real points from this is I feel uh, I'm very much leaning towards Klopp, but not really for the same reasons as Josh. Um, Mine are more from a planning point of view. Um, A coach can be all well and good that they improve every player. And I I think I've mentioned to you guys before, like when Pep comes in and he makes Aguero a better player, 
like he's suddenly a different player, isn't he? Aguero, he drops in, he, he does things that he wasn't doing before. Before it was all goals, now he's running channels, he's holding the ball up. He's a better player. Fernandinho, no one cared about him. Pep comes in and suddenly he's, he's one of the greats. So as a, as a coach, Pep does everything right for the players around him. And he brought, you know, Sterling comes in and he somehow makes him a better player. It's incredible. Um, but for me, when you're employed, and I know it's an old school way of looking at it, and, but it is going to make a comeback. A manager is, t- is to be a manager. They have to run things the way they need to run things. Now, like Josh says about the money involved, and rightly so, there is net spends absolutely all over the place. And I just did a quick search, actually, when he said that, because I was interested to know uh, what Man City's record sale was. Um, this season it actually changed. It was Danilo, he went to Juventus for £33 million. But before that, it was Sean White Phillips in 2005, 2006 to Chelsea. So there's never any planning of where you need to reinvest. It's, oh, he's not good enough. It's all right, we'll go and buy him. It's all right, we'll replace him. Now, when I'm saying planning, this is where Pep Guardiola is given a large period of time to plan for something inevitable. So Klopp took over, che- uh, took over Liverpool uh, in October uh, after Brendan Rodgers got the sack. A little bit short notice, went in there, yep, uh, got an absolute shit show of a squad. Like Josh, like you say, you've got the names, you, you, you can read them out at some point, but the squad was terrible. Now he's gone in there and he's obviously not expected anything for the first season. It's just get us through this season then you get a couple of windows and we'll build from there. But Pellegrini was told he was getting a boot early February 2016. Pep was announced as his successor and took over in July. So he's got four months, four, four months roughly, to identify players that he needs to make that squad better. He comes in, he's got an entire pre-season, doesn't necessarily invest in the right players, ends up finishing fourth in his first season. I'm with Josh. He's been brought in to be Champions League winner, but it's no other manager in the world would get away of finishing fourth with Man City first season with the resources they've got. But Guardiola. Now, just add on to that. Sorry, in his first season, he spent. This is Guardiola. He spent 171 million with a net spend of 143 million in his first season. And that's with four months prep to get in the job to plan in positions that he needs. Now, I know uh, Benjamin Mendy and um, Carl Walker were mentioned. Okay, it's all right, well and good being a coach that can identify a weakness. So, yeah, Kolarov's knocking on, Zabaleta's knocking on, let's go out and buy two £50 million players. But when uh, Klopp goes to his youth academy and finds Trent, and then he goes to Hull City and finds Robertson, who are probably the two better players today, uh, that's not even in doubt. Um, I think from a manager, from a management head point of view, he is right out in front as, like I was saying about being the best manager last week. I just really enjoy the way that he manages. Now, I say one's a coach, one's a manager, and I think you can separate them. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think your net spend is your net spend and you, you have to sell your best player to buy two key areas. But that's what Klopp does best. He will say, yeah, I can sacrifice my best player for two players I need. Whereas Klopp's never really had that. Like, we'll, and we'll see it again this summer. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what we're leading towards this summer. is They, they knew company was going and they did nothing about it. 
that's poor planning. This summer they know David Silva's going, they'll do nothing about it because they think Foden's the answer. And let's be realistic, he probably isn't right now. So we'll see. We'll probably have another conversation in October, November, December when Phil Foden's got a couple of goals, a couple of assists, and it's like, well, are they going to be 25 points off and blame the fact that they never replaced Silva? You know, it's, is it going to be a running theme now? So that's, like, like I say, that's my points. I think from, a, from, a, from an outsider looking at both of these, I think planning's more important to coaches and managers, and that's where the manager side of Klopp is better because his planning's better. Mm. It's a great take on it, mate. To be fair, um, I mean, I mean, I agree with um, with everything you've just said there. This is why this discussion's a bit. It is hard because unless you are a fan of Liverpool, for example, I think you know Josh will have a better take on what he's obviously felt with Klopp at the helm down there, what he's delivered. If you're a Man City fan, I'm sure they um, would have loads of opinions on Pep. Um, it's all about money on this one for me. I believe, um, you know, with money can come either success or complete and utter capitulation. And I think Pep and City on a whole took a massive risk overhauling that squad and um, success came with it. Then they are now 25 points clear and they haven't been as dominant as probably the owners would have hoped. They haven't delivered a Champions League. Um, and there has already been talk about Pep giving it another go elsewhere. So I think Pep's got a very much a running theme about him anyway. It's two seasons or go. It's and, and let's not forget, Kels, what we spoke about last week, the, the uh, 198 points in two seasons is nothing mm. to turn your nose up at. It's not like he's no, doing absolutely a bad not. job. He's, it's no. just right now he's found himself 25 points behind Liverpool through Mm. What I deem as poor planning. Like you can't, you can't yeah, just yeah, pray yeah. to God that Laporte doesn't get injured. Like because we, as Tottenham fans, Milesy, <laughs> we plan every season that if Harry Kane plays thirty-eight games, we'll challenge. And Harry Kane probably hasn't played thirty-eight games for a long time. So it's like two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, and Shotbora. And in our defence, Milesy, that's a that's a team that will never spend more than they recoup. So, oh no! Yeah. Uh, this is this is another about money. It's mental, you know. We're talking about spending money, and Kels, what you say about cash is is spot on, right? Because you know, money can't guarantee you success. You know, at the same time, you know, we spent absolutely nothing and came within one dodgy penalty decision away from having a real good crack at winning the Champions League. Very dodgy, you know. Dad. And I think, you know, you're talking about managers getting the best out of the players that they have, you know. We we signed absolutely nobody for 18 months, yeah. And that, in our case, is poor planning because now we're feeling the after effects of that. And uh, we've really struggled this season. But, you know, you could then say, Poch, that achievement is absolutely outrageous, <laughs> having spent nothing. But... You know, if we won the Champions League, perhaps we'd be having a different conversation. And, if I'm, you know, if I'm honest with Tottenham... I oh, know this creates like little off-the-cuff discussions. Why I quite like this one. I think um, talk about money again. I think you are a club that needs to do it now. You need to just do it and really, really identify and just go for it. And because if there was ever a think, time for us to follow somebody, 
from a Tottenham fan's point of view, Liverpool should be our model right now. We should say, look, we have a Harry Kane who, who they had a Coutinho. We've got a Harry Kane who's worth, what, three quality players. Like, I know it only took Liverpool two, but for us, we'd yeah. obviously need to replace Kane. Liverpool managed to not really replace Coutinho because the system they played didn't fit a Coutinho, especially now, especially today it doesn't. So I'm not saying let's sell, but what I'm saying is there are opportunities in the current market that a star player can be sacrificed for the sake of what needs to happen next. And whether that's a Harry Kane or it's a Deli Alley or whoever it may be, there is an opportunity there for us to say, look, there's a couple of places we need and Liverpool should be a model, and not just for us, they should be a model for the Arsenals out there, um, not necessarily the Chelsea's because they've got their own, they've got 100 million players on loan, haven't they? So they don't need extra, yeah. they don't need cash or anything. But for, for teams in our situation, Liverpool should be our model. Well, one of, one of you, one of you's got to wake up, either it's Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, United. Um, one of you's got to wake up and poke these top two because it could get, it could get silly because... Funnily enough, next I think United are the closest. <laughs> now, before anyone jumps on that, I absolutely agree. I was thinking this last night. I believe Man United are only going to get better. And you've got to be very careful because I'm telling you, if they wake up before any of you lot outside City and Liverpool, you've got real issues because they are, out of everyone, have had the biggest decline out of what I class a top, top club. And I don't think there's. And I don't think you're wrong, mate. I think they have plummeted so far that when they're on the way back, when they're on the way back, and after this, after this all settles down, and they're the only one with any money to spend, that's when teams like ourselves and the Arsenal's and the Leicester's probably as well will probably go. Yeah. Like people are gonna, people are gonna look at our well, players. And Man United might handpick, handpick the Madisons and and the, the Canes we've seen. I mean, is that a step up? I don't think it's a step up, but you think if they've got the cash and we need the cash, maybe. If Kane goes to United now, then they challenge for the league. I genuinely believe that. Like They are a world-class striker away from being a serious team. Bruno Fernandes has come in there, yeah, right? And the... he is a ridiculous baller. He is so, so, so good. And like he's revitalised that team. Uh, Rashford is still youngster. Sorry, mate. I actually think they're probably two or three players away. I think yeah. a couple of areas, especially like Pogba isn't isn't really performing, and if they can just get that that linchpin in the middle, you know, like a, maybe a better version of a McTominay, you know, like a bit of a world beater in there, um, and a partner for for Maguire at the back, then yeah. they, they're going to be just yeah, they're going to be right up there. Kel's right to call them out as a team that's going to be up there because yeah. if they take themselves, if they take this seriously, as in the investment side, they could they could really rock it back up there quick. Yeah, and I agree with Bill there. I think they're two or three players away. And, you know, Harry Kane is, I'm a huge Harry Kane fan, fantastic player on his day, probably the best centre forward on the planet. But he's not going to get you 37 points a season. And he's, uh, been, he's, good, been, carrying two or three he's been carrying Spurs for so long. Yeah. They're going to yeah. you know, feel like doing the same job. Like we had yeah, you know, Bruno Fernandes, we had Ericsson, and we still didn't win anything. So... Yeah. It would, it would, at this moment in time, it would definitely be a sideways step. But I'm glad that you guys mentioned the other clubs in the league because this is this is a this is an angle I wanted to talk to you about around just bringing it back to the Klopp versus Pep debate. If you look at the 
I mean, you can look at the top five leagues in Europe if you want, but if you're just looking at the Premier League where most money is available, because it is, and the Premier League's got the most money out of all the top five leagues in the world, out of, the, out of those top clubs, the, the, the traditional top six, Pep, in my opinion, only goes to three of them. It's the two Manchester clubs and it's Chelsea. And the one thing they have in common is the ability just to splash cash with nearly. I don't think mm. Pep would do a good job at Spurs. I don't think Pep would do a good job at Liverpool. Not now he probably would because we've got a fucking great team. But you know, go back to where Liverpool were when when uh, Klopp came in and look at where Tottenham are now. You need to take that extra step. Pep's not going to give that to you because his philosophy will not work with the players that you've got because the players that you've got are not deemed good enough for his philosophy. Like Serge Aurier, right back. You've got I don't even know who your left back is. Ben Davies. I think I think Klopp would Klopp would come in and have like a project whereby in three years you could have a, a, a Champions League trophy or we can take like competing for the Premier League Pep wouldn't do that because let's be honest Levy's not going to give him the money to do that no other club's going to give him money to do that whereas he could go he could go to United and be given 500 million he could go to Chelsea and be given 500 million he's been given 500 million at City Klopp can do Klopp can work with Klopp teams as far like in the top six I'd even go as far as to say Klopp would do a fantastic job with the likes of Leicester who are just outside the top six he could probably do a, uh, another big club. I don't want to say big club. Another well-recognized club in the league, Everton. Klopp could probably bring them into like a challenging <laughs> Champions League for a top four spot. I'm only saying that because they're, te- they're. I'm just thinking of teams yeah, yeah. that are like challenged for the top four and like. And like Wolves as well. Wolves is a good shout, you know. Exactly. Team York, yeah. Pep's not going to touch any of them because they don't have the war chest that come with it. And I'm not going to. I'm not sitting here bashing Pep because he is a fantastic manager. And as Kel said, you can spend loads of money and get it wrong, but. He is very good at spending money. He's very good at building teams with the, with the money that he spends. But I think the one thing that he lacks is the ability to... Uh, he lacks a project, if that makes sense. He's never had a project club. He went to Barcelona well, when they won the, the treble. Uh, no, I mean, he won the treble with, in, in the first season. He won it. Yeah, the youngest manager to have ever won yeah. that type of achievement. right? And if you look um, at some of the players he had, right, he walked in, he had... Obviously, not the Lionel Messi we got today. He had the up-and-coming Lionel Messi, but he had Thierry Henry, Yaya Torre, Busquets, Puyol, PK, Xavi, Iniesta. Like they're not average players. And I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, he sold <laughs> Pep sold Ronaldinho in his first summer, which was oh. brave. Yeah, which was mad. brave. And then, like, yeah, look at the team. He had Zlatan, you know, like he didn't make that work, did he? No, he sold like, he sold Latan as well. I think in the first summer. I think Latan and Ronaldinho went in the first I summer. Gone. Just, uh, just want to quickly go back to what you said about um, the pro- they did not having a project and the philosophy and why he wouldn't succeed at Spurs. And I do agree that I think the problem when you've got a team like what we are right now, where our players have previously brought into a philosophy and a, a way of playing, so to bring in. And a, like effectively a, a very similar manager. Like there's a reason why Man United want Poch, and there's a reason why he's in the frame for the Man City job. Like you know, when it kind of gets mentioned, because he's yeah. a very he has his philosophy, he has his way of playing, and because we've already had that, I think Poch would struggle to come in, and uh, I think Pep would struggle to come in and really continue that idea of a philosophy. And that's why when Mourinho come in, and I said, oh, he's an elite manager, he wins things, and I take one nil every week. And I think the players are at that point. Like the Tottenham players are at that point where they're like, all right, look, we can't win it pretty. Let's just try and win it ugly. Yeah. And that's where, where Pep will be like ticky tacky, tap, 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 byline, little tap ins and 
we've done all that as Tottenham players, and that's why I do. I I, I actually agree that I don't think Pep would would do a great job at Tottenham. He'd probably do a job right, yeah. better than what we've already had, Milesy, isn't it? I mean, we've had this before, um, and sometimes you just need something different. So, yeah, I do agree with that. That's a good point to have made. Yeah, because I thought you know it's all well and good keeping this Liverpool City related, but if you open it up to the rest of the league, you know which which mm. clubs or projects would would Klopp look at and which would Pep look at, and I. And and what I say about the management manager stuff and, and like I would want to be motivated. I would want to play for Klopp because he would make me feel unbeatable. Like mm-hmm. I, I always talk about running through brick walls on this pod. I always talk about that as a as if it's an actual thing that I do. But for people like Klopp, who people will take the piss because he does the like, ole when you draw two all to with West Brom, and people take the piss then. <laughs> No one's taking a piss when they do the OLA in the Champions League final when they've won a trophy, you know. Whilst it was fun to look back on, like, what a clown, because he's lost so many finals. If you buy into that and you want to, and you want to win for him, you will win, for, you will win things. And that's the kind of manager that I'd want to play for as a person. So, not saying I wouldn't want to, you know, like, we've all seen the clips of Pep doing the, the uh, touch and goes with uh, Sterling where he's like, if you spin him behind, and he's actually coaching him, he's showing him what he needs to do to be better. And then you see that in practice every week in the Premier League, you see Sterling doing something he's learned on the training ground, which is brilliant. It's been brilliant for England. But just as a manager, I think you want somebody who has the same passion levels as you. It's all right that he goes to reserve games and he takes his job very seriously and he has all boards of what needs to happen next and tactics. But there's nothing to say Klopp doesn't do that, just behind the scenes. Like, just because Klopp doesn't run on the pitch and have a go at Sterling in front of the cameras and wag his finger in his face, doesn't mean that he's not coaching the players, right? He's just a, he's more of a motivator and that's who you'd want to play for. Mm. I think it definitely comes down to um, who you'd want to play for eventually in, in, in like, chats, chats to do with this because, again, they are, I think I, I agree with Pep being more of a, a coach than a manager and Klopp probably being both but more of a manager in terms of the planning, um, just going over what you guys have said. I think um, City was a project until they weren't winning the Champions League and then all the rumours about Pep leaving and then they've got the Champions League ban. That is what money can do to someone that hasn't used it in, in a correct way consistently. I think... He'd done it when he first came in and he won he won things, but then Champions League wasn't delivered. I think they finished quite way off the Champions League that season. Um, they've, they've carried on poking at that European trophy as well. But I think, um, in a way, Pep's let himself down in the way of how much he's spent. And I think he's half given up this season, way before 25 points clear. I think Liverpool were steamrolling way before Pep even had a thought that they were steamrolling like he didn't notice it himself he noticed it within that city squad within without injuries or not there is still an abundance of world-class players in there and i come back to josh i agree with you one injury doesn't differ a season it might differ morale but you have monday to friday to adapt and then you go and play on saturday or sunday um i i firmly agree with josh i mean don't 
Sorry, mate. don't misquote. Don't misquote me too much there. Like, don't get me wrong. There are yeah, instances where though. where it's one true. injury will derail a season. Like if Harry Kane, if 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 you're in September, Harry Kane gets injured and out for the season. That's that like that is Spurs' season fucked because they Gosh, rely so man. much on Harry Kane. But when you when you're the point I was making is when you're spending five hundred million, one injury is not an Gosh, excuse because you should you, have enough. When, when you have nothing else behind you, it can. Mate, it can derail anyone. But when you have that calibre of a squad and mm-hmm. you, you haven't had a look in the Premier League all season, you, you probably, well, you've landed a, a, a Carabao Cup already, I believe. You probably, mm-hmm, yeah. maybe they'll make an FA Cup final, but um, Champions but they League, the I mean, the they Champions did. League, they were prioritising it, weren't they? Like, they did fantastically in Madrid. I will give them that out away. I watched that away leg. Um, we have not seen the second leg, whatever <laughs> goes on with resuming. Um, but I think Pep is slowly but surely running out of steam as well as Man City. I think it's got absolutely ridiculous over there in terms of spending. And I think it's worth just touching on, Kels, that if he has a bad season, he will be gone. Well, yeah. Klopp, and Klopp had a bad season at Dortmund. Um, and... He was, he's still loved there. If Klopp has a bad season at Liverpool, he isn't chopped immediately. Like, and, and I think that's the difference with where the 500 million quid means you either finish, you know, top three and a couple of trophies, or you win the league and a cup final. Or, you know, like there's that balance where the expectation's so big. And it's also, you know, like uh, Chelsea with Ancelotti, he won the double, then he was sacked the next season for not winning anything. Because of the money that's spent, it's it's trophy, trophy, trophy. Whereas with uh-huh. Klopp, he, Klopp's got to finals and lost. But if he was to continue to press on, he wins the league. He's won the Champions League last year. He wins the league this year. Next year, he finishes fourth. He ain't getting a sack. Next year, if he finishes 10th and has an injury to Van Dijk, like Josh says, one injury could derail your season. The board might look at that and go, do you know what? Yeah, he's right. Like, it did derail our season. Let's give him another go. Whereas at City, he doesn't get that chance. No. I think it's um, there's a lot of impatience down at City as well. I think they're not exactly football men upstairs no. at City. I think um, they have, unfortunately, corrupted Man City. <laughs> you can actually call it that now because they're under investigation. No. Um I think that's the evil side of money in football. But Pep, I think Pep saw Pep saw an attraction, and he went there. And his philosophy was stamped, and everything. Think he was swayed by the money girls. One hundred percent, mate. Because I'm just I'm just going out there. I'm convinced. He, I'm convinced he's getting money on the side as well. You know that whole scandal come out with it, them paying him extra money on the side that weren't declared in their financial fair play to the manager I'm convinced he's getting money on the side as well because like, are, are, are we allowed to talk about this all, all, yeah all opinions are of their own also did you see the did you see the um, headline that come out yesterday I'm only going to touch on this because Kels mentioned it literally 30 seconds ago about the um, top dogs at Man City not being football men and pumping loads of money they were interested in Liverpool first and apparently uh, what's his name? Hicks and and, and Gillette, I think his name was the form the owners before FSG. They were just really difficult to negotiate with, so they went and bought Man City instead. Well, maybe dodged a bullet there, mate. Yeah, tell me yeah, about it. Tell me about it. Banned from the Champions League for a couple of years, so I don't trust this Newcastle takeover. 
Oh, I think that's, I think yeah. that's another pod, mate. That entire chat. Yeah, that is gonna. That is. Gonna I don't trust pod. that. I don't trust that no, at all. Talking about the Saudis and everything, I'm, I'm not really. Do you know? What, do you know? What, it's not even. Do you know? What, I haven't even looked at it from that point of view, Kel. So I've looked at it at, at, from this right. Many people have tried to buy Newcastle. Yeah, Mike Ashley's mm. a bastard to deal with. What What's taken his interest in these guys? Despite and that's the fact, exactly it's what just, I'm gonna say. That's exactly he's just what he's I'm a saying. dodgy cat. He's a dodgy character, and I don't I don't like the fact that this hey, came out of nowhere got, and he's there. You've got some serious money going in up there at the North yeah. East, mate. Mm-hmm. You've got some not, serious not, fucking it's, dollar. It's not who's I know this is weird, but it's not who's buying it. It's who's selling it. Yeah, yeah. There's something going on there. That's going to come out. Mm. Uh, I mean, this, this, this I've, I put this first, this whole Klopp pet discussion. Marzi, I think you had something just a little bit more to say there. Um, we'll come back to you in a second. I think I'm kind of, I love, I really like both of them. I love Klopp running down the touchline and hugging his players. And that, you know, I love the energy and him gurning with his false teeth. And, you know, I love that in a manager. I, I love Pep's attention. Like I yeah, I mean we all would mate to be fair. <laughs> yeah. um, um, Pep's attention to detail is the side of football which I love per- on a personal level. The way I want to watch the game, but down to success, I think um, Klopp is going to um, sail past him, and we don't know what the future holds next season or football in general. But I think City will come and bite back and clamp clamp back at Liverpool. But I think Klopp. Oh, yeah. um, Klopp's been, you know, I think he was kind of, I think Borussia Dortmund were kind of like, they were kind of ushering in, you know, go and go and try it at a top club, you know, go and go over to England and give it a good go because I think there was a lot of faith put in. I think Pep has been given everything on a plate, and, yeah. and I think there's always he's a chance very, of failure. That's a good but, way of saying it. That's a good way. He's been saying. very spoiled, yeah. isn't he, with the clubs that he's been managing, yeah, the yeah. players that he's had at his disposal. That's how I see it, anyway. And I think at the same time, at the same time, right? If he wasn't any good, these clubs wouldn't be interested. No, I, like, I completely agree. I completely agree. But the only the, the, every club will be interested in Pep Guardiola. There's not a club out there that will turn him down. But Pep will only be interested in certain jobs because of this, because of the club itself, and that can be the, the position of the club in the league, the money that he's going to be given. And the players at his disposal, right? He he cherry he'll cherry pick jobs. If he was to go to France, he'd only go to PSG. He wouldn't go anywhere else. If he was to go to Italy, he'd only go to Juventus. He ain't gonna go anywhere else. We went to Germany, Bayern Munich. Won't go anywhere else. Spain's a bit different because obviously he had ties to Barcelona. So we'll I'll let that one slide. He wouldn't he he will only be interested in the top team in these leagues. He won't he won't entertain an AC Milan, an Inter Milan. He won't entertain a Lyon, a Marseille. Gosh, that's a good point. Um, but his career has led him to that. Like he, yeah, he hasn't been cursed by that early success at Barca. Yeah, right. he'd only be interested in top jobs because his his career has been so successful. Yeah. It's when you I, get I, to a certain I, point. I agree, like but Mourinho has had to take a slight step down to Tottenham. Yeah, because his career has spiraled into that. It's not. No. If he was if he was still at Real Madrid and the Inter Milan's and Chelsea first time round, would he come to Tottenham? Probably not. No. But so what I mean by top job is the top job available in that country. Like he would only look yeah, at yeah, Juventus yeah. in Serie A. Yeah. AC Milan's a top job. Inter Milan's a top job. He 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 probably would only go again. United are still the biggest 
one of the biggest, like despite the fact they are falling down the pecking order, they're still one of the biggest clubs in terms of size, expenditure, players at their disposal. That's not a small, that's not a small, it is a, re, it is a, no, but what I was saying is like, United, the United, what United lack most is a good manager. Pep would go there and be a success because he'd be giving the money to the players at his disposal aren't actually that bad. He would be able to get more out of them. It's a bit like when he joined Man City, they finished fourth in the league. I think he finished fourth again the season after, and then he went on. He won the league twice. He'd do a similar job at Man United. He'd come in, he'd get him into Champions League, and then a couple of seasons after, he'd be winning. United's recruitment would be a lot worse, as proven over years. Like yeah, we spoke about Di Maria on this pod. Yeah, and this backs up Kels's point, right? It's very easy to spend money and it to be shit. You've got your Di Maria. I'm going to put Pogba in that category because Pogba's not been great for United. Falcao. Pep would go in and he would he would spend that money on players that would come in and do well. That's what that, Pep is very good at that. Pep, I look at the Man City squad, with the exception of Cancelo. Not Cancelo, Dan, uh, was it Danilo? Yeah, Danilo. Yeah, it was Danilo. He bought Danilo. Danilo didn't really play. Didn't really do that well. Other than that, can you name me a bad signing Man City have made that he spent loads of money on? Like no, and anyone I can think bad, of. Like you're saying that a bad signing. A bad signing is just to replace another bad signing. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Whereas bringing anyone over Carl Walker. So yeah, you, you look know, at United. You can name three or four. So, yeah, you buy Danilo. But, you can play right and left back, and that's that's your the place you've only got one each. You've only got yeah. one of each. Was um it's, was Otamendia Guardiola signing? No, uh, I think he was brought in by um. Pellegrini, wasn't he? Pellegrini, yeah. Because he is terrible. <laughs> but this is, is an up- this is what I'm saying, Kells. This is where I'm coming from a, a planning point of view. If you're looking at the next season and you're like, well, right, company's gone, we're going to have to play, we're going to say to Fernandinho, look, you might have to drop in centre back for a bit because John Stones, he ain't up to it. And we've had yeah. Otamendi, who no one wants. Like, if you can't offload these players, you know, like Mangala, when Mangala come in, it was he was like one of the most expensive players in the world at the time. And where is he now? Yeah. Like a or something on, on yeah. a two-year loan deal or something. Otamendi was a Pellegrini signing, I just Pellegrini. checked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. okay, yeah. So, so at Man City, he's not, bought, he's, not had, he's not actually had a catastrophic signing. He hasn't. But if you look at it, that's where, the, that's where the, there's a complete contrast, right? You have City and Man United, they are exactly the same in, in terms of how much they spend, how much wages they throw out, the kind of calibre the, the caliber of players they've had at their disposal. What they lack is a manager that can make those players a success. Put Pep at United. Mm. United would be where City are right now. I think the problem is, is that Pep has brought in multiple players in one season, whereas Klopp's each season he's identified like one or two positions and, and only one or two of them players came in. I think Look at that Liverpool midfield. How much work's come? I mean, Gio Wijnaldum, yeah, was at Newcastle United, right? And he, he was, was a winger as well, wasn't he? He was a he winger. Was a winger. Yeah, he was pulling up trees at Newcastle and he came in and I was thinking, okay, we'll see how that goes. And then you've got like Jordan Henderson. Each segment of that Liverpool side from front to back or back to front has been cemented. You rarely ever see changes unless the cup rolls around with Klopp. That is where the planning side of this discussion is at spot on. I love, I love the way that's been been put, put put towards this discussion because there is too much over planning with Pep. There's too much. There's, it's too much. I love him, but that attention to detail is either has to be minimalised in the week because the way he's at his players, and if it goes wrong by the finest of detail, or you don't cross it at a certain point, you can see why Pep teams goes south because 
I think he loses patience in himself. And I think the players kind of, I don't know what's going on down at City, but I think, I don't even think Pep trusts himself sometimes to deliver a European trophy. Well, I mean, that's, as I said, that's, he, that's he, I, he, he hasn't won it outside of Barcelona and that will be, until, he will do it. I, I have every faith that he will win a Champions League outside of Barcelona. But if you look at the fact that he inherited the treble winning side of Bayern Munich, didn't win it. He's He's got the, Last 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 season and the season before, he had the world's best team at his disposal. Still didn't do it. Like he will, he, he will do it. There will there will be a time when he wins, unless he retires after Man City, which wouldn't surprise me. But he will do it. But right now, the fact that he's not done it will be a monkey on his back. It's a bit like um, it's not exactly the same. But you know when people say uh, a player didn't win the World Cup, so hasn't won everything in their career. Pep's won it at Barcelona and he had the best team at his disposal. But until he wins outside of Barcelona, I think that it will just, it will be put down to the squad at Barcelona. It won't be put down to him. Back, it? It is yeah, bit... exactly that, yeah. But then how does he get that off? Because if, I, personally, I don't, I don't not see him winning it at City, but if they got the two-year European ban, he's going to have to win it somewhere else. And like you said, he's only going to go to Juventus, who... Or, or PSG. Well, and they've been trying to win it since I've been alive, I think. And, you know, yeah. like... They, PSG, yeah. if, he, if he went to PSG, it would be Man City 2.0, just in an easy 100%, league. 100%. Like that. But Whereas... Do you know what it would be, Josh? It would be... The league would be wrapped up by February every year. Yeah, and, and then, then you can go for it. The whole focus would be the Champions League and semi-final stage. Something would happen, they'd get knocked out, and you'd be back to square one. And his whole yeah. season will be defined on two games in March. And that's, yeah. and that's the truth of it. And, and unless they get this European ban overturned, I, I can't see him winning it at City. I, I really yeah. like This season, he had a chance. And like Kel says, I watched the first leg with, with Real Madrid and, and what a performance. And you just thought, this is a, they're over it. They're over that European, like, they're over that, the fear of it. But now that's, we've kind of had to knock it on the head. It's like, well... Where do we go from here? Have they? Uh, I haven't looked into this, so I don't know the answer. But I wonder if any of you boys do. In the in Pep's time there in the Champions League, have they knocked out any big guns in the knockout stages of the Champions League? They got knocked out by Barcelona. They got they got knocked out by us. They got knocked out by Tottenham. I don't think they've knocked out a big gun in the Champions League before. Who did they knock out before? Before you. That was a big team. Was it? Yeah, I'm sure they beat someone on the way to playing us. Um, do you remember, do you remember I I'll said you, we've got an easier run to the final than you have? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I remember you saying that, and I was like, "Hang on, you've got you've got City your side, and then you have Barcelona." So they knocked out before you, Billy. They knocked out Schalke. Ah. Oh. Oh. And they and they and they, and, and they won ten. <laughs> they, they won. They won ten two on aggregate. <laughs> that was an awful. You know. Did you see? Um, did you see Schalke's tweet about that the other day? Yeah, it was like doing, like, oh, um, seven nil. Seven nil was too much. Or didn't have to. Didn't have to score seven because obviously the Bundesliga is coming back. Which I'm. Um, we all tuned in on Saturday. No. Uh, I've, I've I've actually got plans. It's the Mrs. Birthday celebrations, but I will be be catching highlights. You're only yeah, going to be outside for that though, mate. Thing. You can you can pop in, can't you? Yeah, I put it on the put it on the tablet and hide it to one side. You always find a way to watch live football. Who did they play before that, please? They must have played someone good. So the year before that, they got knocked out by us. The year before that, they got knocked out by Monaco on away goals. 
and that's that's oh, that's Pep's time there. So Monaco, us, and Spurs. Because I think they played Barcelona in the group stages. I'm just double checking now. Oh yeah, it was Schalke then us? My God. Uh, oh, they got knocked out by they got they got knocked uh, they 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 got knocked out. Oh, they knocked out PSG in the 2015-16 season, but then lost in the semi-final to Real Madrid. Was that the Monaco team with like Bernardo Silvers and that? It was, wasn't it? Um, uh, I Probably. think so. Yeah. Before they came to City, bloody hell! That's going back a bit. Yeah, Falcao and Mbappe scored. Fabinho was there. <laughs> back at Yoko. <laughs> God, do you remember Pacioko when he was there? God, what a player. Came to Chelsea, he's disappeared. Yeah, it, oh, I was going to say something there, but that could be classed as... Uh, yeah, don't. That could be classed as... What were you going to say, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ruin it, Josh. It's done so well. Uh, I completely forgot we were recording then. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think the, the Pep versus Klopp thing, I think we've kind of covered quite a lot of... Um, yeah. a, a few good things there, because... I'm very much Pep the coach, fantastic, can't be denied. Um, I don't see what Klopp does on the training ground. He doesn't run on the pitch after a 5-0 win and, and wag his finger at players and tell them what they could have done better. Um, but as a manager, you see him, it, I mean, he's very physical and he's very emotional. He loves, he'll run the touchline into the crowd and, and give it the old, uh, the, uh, what's that, the, the little fist pump thing that he does at the end of the game. Like, I like all that, and, but I also like, I'm with Kells, I like the fact that Pep improves players and the level of detail. Um, but I'm also a little bit like, maybe the detail is too much. Maybe, yeah. maybe you need to take a step away from how you, how, how you treat your players from a physical point of view and go over to the mental side, like what Klopp does. He's very, he's very animated and he does hug people, but sometimes... That's that's what players need. So yeah. I'm, I'm very I like Klopp because I just think he's a manager that we haven't seen for a long time. I can I I'll wrap I'll wrap this segment up on the, unless anyone has any points after this I'll wrap this segment up on this one question. I'm a bit so, gutted that honest, Ben Josh, and uh, mate, Calvin. To be honest, mate, I don't. This was always going to be like a, a like a whole pod anyway, yeah. and yeah. I've quite enjoyed this discussion because it hasn't been. Oh, I prefer him. No, no, I disagree. It's been quite a, um, a mature discussion on yeah. what I've seen on Clock V Pep on your Twitters yeah. and your social medias and other radio stations, for example. I say other radio stations, but do you know what I mean? The, well, the way the professionals talk about it, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think we're not comparing the two here. We're talking about both yeah. as managers. We are. Not, yeah, we yeah, are. We are. Yeah. That's yeah. it, as and Billy said at the start. I'll, I'll end it on this one question, and I'm a bit gutted Ben bailed, and I'm a bit cutting Calvin weren't here because I wanted more Premier League scope answers on this. But Kells, you could probably answer on behalf of Chelsea and Arsenal as a as a as a neutral. But if you were okay. to be in a position where your club, so for Billy and Miles, it's going to be Spurs. For Kells, answer on behalf of like Chelsea and Arsenal, and 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 you need a manager, and you could choose one of these two. Given your club situation at the moment, who would you go for and why? Harry Redknapp. Uh, I think Chelsea have got um, I don't really know what they've got going on down there with Frank I think Frank is just um, he's got a, a, he's just rolling the dice over there I think when yeah. they've got a transfer when the transfer ban's lifted I think yeah. Chelsea will will 
no doubt start spending again. But so let me let me let me let me clear up my question. So based on Arsenal, for example. (laughs) So based on your club's expenditure, players at their disposal, and current competitions they're in, so like where they are. So like for example, if you're looking at Arsenal, it's what's the possibility of Champions League football next season and getting there. So with those things in mind, so expenditure, players at his disposal, and what you expect to be in next season, competition-wise. Who would you want at your club and why? Pep or Klopp? So, Kells, Chelsea and Arsenal and then Spurs boys for Spurs. Uh, Pep, Arsenal, Klopp to Chelsea. Interesting. I, I thought that would be the other way around. I think because um, of the Chelsea, the youngsters that Chelsea have, I think they're a lot safer if Klopp goes over there because he can identify and bring in a few. But he will, I think he'll keep what Chelsea have you know, they've been forced into bringing the Mounts, the Abrahams, the Reese Jameses through, um, Billy Gilmore's and, and, the, and the rest of them, they've got hidden down there. Um, but I think, I think as a, as a fan of the youth coming through at the top clubs, I think Klopp would suit a Chelsea for sure. Um, Guardiola, I think, would suit an Arsenal because I think he doesn't have to do much in, in terms of a way of playing because Arsenal have always had uh, the tiki taka and you know I think what Arteta's trying to do is what he's seen with Pep and what he had at City so um, you've got all sorts of players at Arsenal Bamiang, Lacazette, Pepe's you know t- your technical players in there I think he could probably improve Kieran Tini you know maybe get hold of Maitland-Niles who's been you know they both have different roles as a coach I think they both put their arm around a player in a different way and um, yeah, mate, that's that's my opinion. I think Pep would do well at an Arsenal. They bloody need it, don't they? Because okay. they're awful. Okay. Marzi, what about you for Spurs? I don't know. It's a tough one. It really is a tough one. Um, I mean, we're such a unique club in that we just don't ever want to spend any money at all ever. Like, and I think mm. both would need investment. Like, both would need cash. You know. It's a strange one. I think I'd like to see Pep have a go at it. Personally, like I know he said it's unlikely, but I think you know, look at what he's done with Sterling. Imagine if he does that with Deli Ali. You know, like Deli Ali is you know had those breakout seasons. You know when he when he first joined and was just absolutely unplayable, and then. You know, he's kind of gone off the boil a little bit. Things maybe got a little bit stale with Poch. You know, I'd like to see what Pep could maybe do there. Um, If you're talking about coaching and improving players. I mean, both would be fantastic, ultimately. I I would still probably just lean Pep. Bill? Uh, So, I'm the opposite to both of those. Uh, Even I'll even go with the the Chelsea-Arsenal if I was... Uh, I was I was the other way around as well. If I was Chelsea. I'd want Pep because I'd want uh, I'd want prettier football. I've I've been starved of pretty football for a long time. If I was Arsenal, I'd want a better atmosphere around the club. So I'd take Klopp because I'd want the fans to engage with the team, which hasn't happened for a fucking long time. Um, and I know Arsenal fans will listen to this and and might disagree because Arteta is a mini Pep, but a mini Pep doesn't change what's happened in the last two, three, four years. I would want to enjoy watching my club. And for that, I would take Klopp. And as a Tottenham fan, 
as previously said, um, I, I think you'd struggle to get our players to buy into another philosophy. I think they, and players especially like Deli Ali, will want a manager to put their arm around him, tell him he's the best player in the world, and they would play for him. So I'd take Klopp at Tottenham. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you, Thank you very much. You. <laughs> I like that. that was a, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that discussion. It was quite a good one. Yeah. Quite a good one. And all the research that yeah. I did, none of it was mentioned. <laughs> you don't need research for these, mate. It's just a chat. No. Yeah, that, that that's that's another thing, Bill. Um a little bit of little bit of feedback on, on these pods. Um the question is, are we gonna be gonna be rolling on through to when we're all back at work and time gets a bit tighter again? Are we gonna is this gonna be a long running thing or are we just gonna Well it'll have to change from for, uh, from Wednesdays, won't it? Because we have training on Wednesdays. And you can't miss it. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> another thing is um, the the obviously the interest in, in boys coming on. Have you got anyone that's um, in line? Anyone that's sort of caught wind of it? We've got well, look, we, we, well, look, we're still recording. So if anyone does want to, if anyone does listen to this and, exactly. and they can bring something that's to it, reach out to us and. Uh, we can do it because you know we're getting the same voices on weekly um it would be good to get other opinions involved as well obviously we've got the Bratnell Royals group chat where uh, we've got a lot of keen listeners in there so I'm sure some of them will get involved Milesy we've got Tom Foster probably wants to get back involved yeah. another good I'd like to another, get Percy another good another, Percy would be great because Percy's Burnley, Burnley and he's very passionate yeah and um he'd bring an interesting light to it but if, if I think Percy gets a bit too heated so he'd end up leaving you know how I leave group chats he'd be leaving podcasts <laughs> if, that, if, if he's allowed to talk about Burnley I'm allowed to talk about Brentford so um, you're always allowed to talk about Brentford mate I just don't know what I'd say back to you exactly so I mean can we talk about can we talk about the uh, top six managers in England or have we run out of time we are uh, we're creeping up to half nine um I mean, yeah. oof, that could be England. the next pod. We could do, we could do England managers and um, just yeah, international stage managers part three. Managers part three. <laughs> fucks. Managers is such a big, big thing to talk about. Surprisingly, I know. Um, I've got the, I've actually got the England job to talk about next. Um, well, you were going to say you actually got the England job. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I mean, I haven't been too far off. Know, playing football manager, but that's a, that's another discussion. You want to talk about my accolades on that game, mate? Like, <laughs> give, uh, give, give Pepper running, mate. <laughs> uh, so the the England job is 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 probably going to be for another pod um, because I think there's a there's a lot to discuss on that 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 England yeah. job in general and how far uh, Mar- Malsey is Malsey is the most passionate England fan I know as well so he'd be well keen for it aren't we all I mean I'm I probably in that we boat are now. Yeah, we are now <laughs> yeah we are now <laughs> like no one cared about friendlies and qualifiers before Southgate's uh, Southgate's exploits like suddenly me and, Mar- me and Malsey were at St Mary's cheering goal number five against Kosovo like it was a cut yeah, final goal <laughs> that was mad that was a mad game that was so mad but it really it has actually brought everyone together, hasn't it? The national team. definitely. And for so long, it's like you you support you you support Rooney in an England shirt, but you boo him on a Saturday, and it's <laughs> yeah, so long. In Europe, so long. your country is different, though, isn't it? I get a different feel when I watch England. If I'm honest, like I feel like when that's when everyone comes together, as you said, Bill. Yeah. Um, where was you for that trippier? The trippy freaking. Oh mate, where was I? Was sat where I'm sat right now 
different wallpaper back then though. And I remember him bending it around the wall and as soon as it hit the back of the net, I jumped up, but I had tears in my eyes. Like I, in, I instantly thought, we're going to win the World Cup here. And we're only, what, five minutes into the game. And my back door's open because it's summer. Like, I mean, it's, it's night, but it's, it's warm enough. And I yeah, remember that, yeah, I remember it. I'm loving life. I'm thinking that Tottenham's going to win the World Cup. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, was very really close to it. Yeah, yeah you were... You were top scorer, like we've got... Yeah, I was like, this is it. This is our time. And then, yeah. Everyone's heard of West Ham won the World Cup in 66. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be Spurs in 2018, was it? Yeah, finally, finally, it was gonna. We were gonna have something. I just, yeah, mate. I felt so much in that tournament, mate. When that Trippier goal went in, and oh, twenty eighteen I mean, peaked when that ball hit the back of the net. Yeah. That well, was the peak of twenty eighteen. Life did, because look where we are now. <laughs> yeah, 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 very true. Yeah. Cat nearly got volleyed, mate. When that, when that ball hit the net, <laughs> mate. Oh, mate. He just, oh, I can't. You know when a goal goes in. Are you able to explain that? Do you know what I mean? That is just it's it's the raw easy. the raw emotion right, of a goal that yeah. that important. The feeling there's, there's only, yeah, heart. there's only a, there's only a few goals in my lifetime that have given me that feeling. And mm. Trippier is one of them. What, what, what goals? Oh, Mane's against Real Madrid, the equaliser that counted for nothing because Carrius lobbed it into his own net. Um, <laughs> the Gerard Gerard West Ham Cup final, that one. Oh yeah, um, that was a good goal actually. Like he had nothing. That was, I think it was yesterday. It was, it was, it was, uh, what was it, 2000? And it was eight years ago yesterday, that was. Wow. Yeah, that was a great goal. And uh, the Trippier free kick, Beckham's one against Greece. Yeah, I that's probably, that's probably my favourite ever international goal. Yeah, I get goosebumps now when I see that. I also get goosebumps when I watch Gareth Southgate miss against Germany, though. So I don't know. I'd see. good, I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh, and Gerard's against Olympiacos. What a hit, son. What yeah. a hit. When Andy Gray's oh, yeah, doing that one. Yeah. Mm. Oh. yeah, there's only a handful that have given me that. Can quickly run through what we were going to say about the teams in the top, uh, making the top six? Cause it's, that's you want to do this, don't you? Yeah, because that can be quite that's a good chat. Yeah. I feel we can good get chat. through this quite quickly. So what, what was it? The top, the manager, so the traditional top six, what managers outside of that in the Premier League that could do drop good for a top six team? Yeah. Yeah, okay, the, so we're anyone, getting, that's, we're... anyone that's sort of in the that's being talked about to sort of um, to sort of make the jump. Okay, so I'm going to ignore Ancelotti because he's obviously already done it and he's got yeah. quite a good career, and so I'm going to ignore him. Um, and also Brendan Rodgers, we're ignoring, even though they are in a top six, they're not traditional. <laughs> yeah, I, I still think Brendan would do a good. I, I think he took the Liverpool job too early in his career. I still think he'd do a good job for someone, but I don't know who. I think maybe he took the Leicester job. At a bad time in his career when he's flying with Celtic on on target for ten in a row or whatever. No. I think that's the right move. No. I think going I to Leicester's absolutely the right move at that time. Yeah, if Leicester were doing shit, then he would have done the wrong choice. But considering Leicester are doing quite well at the moment, he's got a good squad around him. And are still to come because Vardy's not getting any younger and Madison. Yeah, absolutely. But I think winning winning the league in Celtic is is not really in a. No. It's, it's not an achievement, it's an expectation. And this is what I mean, if, he, if he'd have waited maybe when the Arsenal job comes up... Could have taken the Arsenal job, definitely. That would have been a great yeah, move for him. Better jobs for someone like him. Um, but I think, I think he's... Again, I, uh, this is me purely speculating. I think given how quickly the Liverpool job turned sour for him, I think he needed a, uh, a big mid-table club such as Leicester to, to give him that 
platform into a bigger club. I think he needed to do well at the Leicester level to do that because he was he was at Swansea before us, I think, and Swansea's Liverpool's like regardless as to where we were in the league, that's still a huge leap in terms of expectation. So I think he needed that stepping stone of Leicester. So Brendan, Brendan Rodgers for me is a good shout. Uh, who else have we got? Nuno. Yeah, yeah. Mons manager. That's obvious to me. Yeah, I think mm. he, I love him. I think I, he would have been a really good shout for for the Spurs job. I would have liked to have seen him yeah, yeah. come in. Um, I could have seen him at Arsenal. Um, you know, it, a, if they you know, obviously Chelsea went with Lampard because he's a club legend. But you know, I, I think again, I really think he's a switched on dude. I think he goes about football the right way. Um, he's obviously made some very intelligent signings at Wolves. Um, you know, I, I think he's in for a very, very good career at, at, at a big club. I agree. I really like uh, Nuno. I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's he's only ever going to go in the right direction. Like, I don't see him. I don't see him taking a backward step now. I think this is this is him going forward. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many managers out there that. Like I, I know Kells will agree because we always laugh about Wilder. Um, but I kind of wanted to save him for the England pod. Cause he's perked up there. I just, yeah, Wilder and he perked yeah, up big, straight away. I'm a big <laughs> fan of the way that he is because he's the kind of manager that you would want to play for. I just, I, I like everything about him. Um, should he get a top six club? Maybe not, but not yet. why not? You know, like let's, let's. I'm gonna. So I'm gonna make a bold statement here, right? He's doing a great job with Sheffield United, but you know how players can phenomenal. have a one-season uh, wonder, right? Phenomenal. You know how players are capable of having one season where they just set the world alight. If they get relegated next season, he's forgotten about. Okay, so you're you're claiming him to be no, like one-season okay. wonder slash like. But At this moment in time, yes. However, what is? But then, what uh, is Frank Lampard's position right now? He's. He's had one unsuccessful period as a derby manager and he's yeah. got one of the biggest clubs in the world because he's a legend, obviously. But should he have been given that opportunity? Probably not. So he doesn't get, he doesn't get Lampard doesn't get that opportunity if there's no transfer ban. Straight up. Agreed. But he also probably doesn't get an opportunity if he isn't, an, if he isn't a legend because that's a bit of the rage oh, yeah, yeah. with Arteta. Yeah, and they, 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 they were the two key factors, right, of him getting that job. One, club legend and was available to take the job and two transfer ban. If he weren't a club can legend, I, and if there was no transfer I, ban, he doesn't get it. Either one, of, either one of those missing, he doesn't get the job. Okay. Can I just... I mean, I think you're doing... I think you're doing Wilder dirty there, mate, because um, he's a Sheffield United fan. I mean, if you... Well, well, well hold on, hold on. I didn't, I didn't say he was a one-season wonder. I said he, can, he, is, he is dangerous of falling into that bracket if they don't no, have a good season because... next season. We talk about philosophy, yeah, and and the way Sheffield United play is so unique. That is what has attracted me to a team that my club were playing week in, week out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilder as a manager, he, he has one way of playing, and if you don't get that right, he won't change it. And that is that is what's so attractive to him as a manager. I think it all ties in. He's a Sheffield boy. I mean, what do you? I mean, Sheffield United are having a phenomenal season. They've got a whole bloody city behind them up there. Yeah, it's either blue or red. But if he finishes seventeenth outside of relegation zone, it don't matter up there. Trust me, it's 
it's oh no, no, no. It, yeah, don't get me wrong. So if, he, if, if he has a good season this season and say gets a Europa League spot or top 10 and then finishes 17th yeah. next season, he's not a one-season wonder because their expectation is to avoid relegation. It is. I don't care how yeah. good they've been this season. Even going into next season, their expectations will be to not get relegated, especially with the yeah. burden of European football if they get it. The point I'm making is we're all talking about how good he is based off of this one season that he's having in the Premier League. If there was another, like when Mo Salah came in in his first season, everyone was like, "Oh, one season wonder." Harry Kane did it, one season wonder. Yeah. People are too people are too quick to jump on a hype based on one good season. I'm not saying he is a one season wonder. I'm saying that we're at risk of doing that, hyping him up because he is having a great season. I can't talk too much. I mean, his skills. But yeah, can you look, not do it, that again? One season has been fantastic, <laughs> hasn't it? Like he has. It, it has. Role, yeah. <laughs> And that's where, and that's where, if you look at other, like we're actually quite blessed with English, well, British-based managers in this country, aren't we? Like the Dean Smiths, the Graham Potters, you go as far as the David Moyers, I suppose. It, not necessarily a Dean quality Smith. manager, but, but for British, Dean you know, Smith. Steve Bruce's. It, like the league is currently probably at its strongest uh, home nations-wise, but it's probably it's probably equally at its weakest in terms of like where these managers sit in the world pecking order like yeah. you can't like other than Southgate and I know that we'll talk about it on the England one but other than Southgate you look at where we are right oh. now and there are not many managers up there that you'd think oh well he's he's nervous. honestly Bill he's next I'll tell you what mate I'll tell you what the reason why I popped this in here tonight is because it takes some real thinking because Honestly, there is absolutely no one that you can say can jump to the top six. There isn't. And that is the primary, that's why I've had this, because it's a nice little short discussion, because there isn't really anyone, is there? I mean, you mentioned Dean Smith there. No I mean, He used to manage us. Yeah, he's got no chance. Before Villa. Graham Potter signed and he was, five and a half years. I loved him. It's, I loved Dean Smith yeah. at Brentford, but he went to Villa, they went up, and they are awful. Yeah. But then they'll go down. They're probably I mean, the ones could, that probably voted to. Run, you, could, you could go, Steve Bruce, no chance. Um, oh. Hassan Hootal, absolutely no chance. Like Nigel Pearson, no. <laughs> no David Moyes has had his chance. Carlo Ancelotti's had his chance. Roy Hodgson's had his chance. Sean Dyche, nah. Anywhere nah. else at Burnley, he's, he's, that's it. Dean Smith, anywhere else at the, Eddie Howe is struggling so much, and it was only twelve months ago that he was he was a very sought after young manager. Man. Mm. Eddie Howe and Bournemouth have gone stale. Yeah, that's and the it, problem. There, he needs something new. There, honestly, the, the, you look at the lit like uh, Daniel Farkey at, at Norwich. <laughs> I mean, he will do. He will do what David Wagner done, and, and he'll go from uh, a, a rubbish Premier League slash relegated team into a top 10 side in German football where mm-hmm. Wagner went to um, Schalke. That's what will happen to him. He'll go home yeah. and he'll get a nice job. Like the, None of these people that we're mentioning, if they haven't already had a chance at the top six, they're very unlikely to get a chance at the top six. It's only yeah. really Nuno, and Nuno might get his team into the top six, which uh-huh. will make him a top... And going forward, he, they could potentially be a top six team. It's only, it's only ever going to be from... You know, anyone in Europe, that's the only yeah. pool of managers that are going to come into our top six. 
Yeah, I agree. And I'm a bit, I don't want to start a whole new debate off because I'm conscious of time, but you could even take that argument as far as to the top five leagues. If you look at La Liga, Simeone and Zidane are probably the only two that would get into a top six team. PSG's manager, Thomas Tuchel, I don't think he'd get into any top six team. I don't think he's that great. I can't, I couldn't even name the Barcelona manager right now. I've got no idea. No, me neither. Isn't it? PK Setien. Who? PK Setien. Oh, I was going to say Valverde, but I'm assuming that was... Yeah, I was on Valverde as well. I couldn't think of anyone past Luis Enrique. (laughs) 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 And this is where I'm going with it. You don't, we don't know the managers because they're they don't have a chance of breaking the top six in the league. And that's another another conversation, isn't it? You know how we said on one of the pods a couple of episodes where it was like all the best players go to want to go to La Liga, to Barcelona or Real Madrid. All the best managers come to the Premier League. They do come to the Premier League. That that is fact. And with like Maurizio Sarri, he had his stint at Chelsea from finishing second in Syria, comes to Chelsea, doesn't set the world on fire, but it's suddenly promoted in Italy to the best teams in Yeah. And that's kind of the difference. Like you in Italy it's that's the only team that you can ever really aspire to manage would be Juventus. And then you come to the Premier League and it's who can break the top six. And yeah. it's very often a it is very often a foreign manager, like we said, yeah. like, like the Klopp and Pep and mentioned Mourinho and um uh, when Emery went to went to Arsenal, like we, they're the jobs that are the absolute peak in this country. But they're also they're so difficult to land, and nobody. I just don't see anybody landing that job. Eddie Howe gets mentioned, but then this season he finds himself fighting relegation, and yeah. it's like, has he just run out of steam at what is? Yeah. I mean, it's the smallest ever Premier League club, isn't it? Their, their attendance is nothing. Their fan base is small. Their signings are no more than 10, 15 million pounds. They're a very small club with a small budget. But does their manager deserve to push on anywhere? If Tyler Purdy listens to this podcast, he's, he's not listening past that. Oh, he's you just killed his club. Yeah. <laughs> You've actually killed all small clubs out there. <laughs> Wrap it up on that bombshell before we dig ourselves a deeper hole. Yeah. I honestly, I honestly wanted, I honestly wanted one of you to start waffling about Sean Dyche, but it didn't happen. So um, no, we can't because Dyche. if you want, if you if you want to get if you want to get Sean Dyche conversation, we need we'll to get on here. Yeah, yeah. We talk all I'll, day. I'll ask him. I'll ask him now. <laughs> right, next week, let's. I'm either or on Dyche. By the way, I'm either or. He is who he I is. I like Dyche. I like Dyche. Anyway, I don't give a fuck if I'm honest. Um, next next week uh, is grassroots, and I am buzzing for this because we can talk about Royals. Yeah, we can. Actually, are we actually going to do grassroots? Because this has been yeah. put off for so long. I think we should. One hundred percent, Malsey. I don't know. I mean, you could come on and just have a little go at it. I mean, but I'll duck out on this like, one. But I'm happy to. I, I, obviously, grassroots is not my uh, forte. Um, I am. This is my dream of having a Royals podcast, mate. This is when I get a few of the lads on. Honestly, it's going to be good, mate. Definitely, I think so next, Lewis will come on. Um, the next week's definitely yeah. grassroots, is it? 
Yeah. You can ask about my oh, red right. cards and everything. Yeah. I want to touch on where seasons can be potentially won and lost um, via suspensions. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, I, I think a, a hot topic next week will be the financial implications of calling a season off with nine games yep. remaining. That's going to impact us going forward um, massively. Any potential return to pre-season and, and just general where we've come from to where we are now. And that includes yourself and Josh. Like Josh, as a former manager, will know certain financial implications and, and the way that suspensions can hit you and the way that late goals can hit you as well. But, I mean, Josh brought me in during the summer for a massive fee. Didn't you? Bracknell, Bracknell Forest, mate. Yeah, it was, uh, it was it was it was fifty five pound and five pound. That was admin fees. For what? Because you, you have to. Did you have to clear to sign it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Oh no, he no. I wouldn't have had to pay a transfer fee for him actually because he was uh, he was signed from no one else. So ah, straight up fifty quid done. Bob. Free agent, mate. Lovely, yeah. but yeah, I've only been in Sunday League for like three, three years. Yeah, I just think next week we've got so many good little topics that we can cover off. Where oh, the league, have I? I yeah, the league made decisions, and it's just it's where we go next as a club. Yeah, um, we've obviously had difficulty getting off the ground this season, so it'd be nice to kind of cover up. Well, not, I don't want to slag anyone. I don't want to slag the league off or sponsorship off, but that's exactly that what we're gonna do. Yeah, but there's things that go off. There's things that go on behind the scenes that, like grassroots football, that people nobody's aware of. Like people just have chats, everything, fallouts, yeah. kit, leaving, boot the yeah. socks, shorts, forgetting kit. Who doesn't come yeah, yeah. on? Who? Well, don't, oh, lads, don't nights, give all uh, don't give all the spoilers away. Don't yeah. give all the spoilers away. <laughs> but uh, all right, we'll do grassroots next week. But that was a good episode, lads. That was a good episode. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's the managers part two done and dusted. Before we go, I am host, so I'm going to close this off. Um, you go for it, mate. You, you go for it. Before you take over, I mean, you've only just come back, Josh, mate, so come on. Um, catch us on, I've always wanted to say this, we're on Spotify. Yeah, we are big guns out here. Um, and the Anchor app, I mean, I've just gone we're, we're on Mate, we're too. on everything. Apple, iTunes, Deezer, Spotify, the lot. Apple, iTunes, Josh has sorted that all out, I expect, because that's why you mentioned it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, yeah, mate, that is episode seven gone. Um, at the end, yeah, we always have a little bit of a laugh, so it's good that we're always getting that in there. Um, next week is Undecided, uh, because there is always a load of ideas throughout the week. Um, I am craving scrambled egg, so um, I am, yeah, mate, it's quarter to ten and I fancy it. We can do whatever yeah, we yeah. want in lockdown. <laughs> Excellent I'll be stuff, up to boys. Four, I'll be up to four o'clock watching Game of Thrones again, because... Nice. There's nothing else to do, is there? I mean, technically, nice. it's a good day for you, mate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What yeah. fuck? Are you going to call me? What are you going to go into that again? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> your life's you, your life's a sham at the moment, mate. You're just you're up all night. You sleep all day. Fucking joke. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saving the moolah when I'm at yeah. it as well, mate. So, um, yeah, lads. Uh, that's that's it for all listeners. Thanks for tuning in again. Good chat, lads. I like that one. I really like it. Nice. Nice.